This podcast contains discussion about adult topics. Use your judgment if there are little ears around. Welcome to Doing It. This is a podcast made by Family Planning Victoria. FPV has been running for over 50 years now. We run a whole lot of education programs for communities and medical professionals across Victoria. We also run a sexual health clinic in the city and in Box Hill in Melbourne. My name is Anne. I'm part of the schools and community team. We go to schools and run classes for all year levels on bodies, growing up, puberty, sex, reproduction and relationships. This podcast is for parents and carers of school-aged children so we can share what goes on in a relationships and sexuality education class and help support these sorts of conversations at home. This will be our last podcast of 2020. Thank you so much for listening over the year. We've enjoyed making these episodes so much. We'll be back next year. If you have any ideas about what you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Please contact us at doingit at fpv.org.au. Today, I'll be talking to Dr. Kath Albury. Kath is a professor of media and communication at Swinburne University in Melbourne. She has, over many research projects, investigated the way that young people represent themselves and explore their sexuality using digital media. Just two examples of her research are Young People and Sexting in Australia, Ethics, Representation and the Law in 2013, and also Safety, Risk and Wellbeing on Dating Apps in 2019. We often tell young people that for any sexual experience to be a positive one, it should happen within the law and match with their own personal values. I've already talked with Andrew from Victoria Legal Aid about the potential legal issues to do with sexting. Kath Albury is the perfect person to ask about the ethical issues surrounding young people sending sexual pictures. Dr. Kath Albury, thank you so much for talking to me about sexting and young people. Yeah, thank you. It's a pleasure. I know you've got lots of research experience in this area, so you're the perfect person to ask. I'd like to know a little bit more about what you know about the attitudes and behaviours of young people and sexting. Yeah, so I did my um, initial work with people who were aged 16 and 17, and I was most interested in working with this group because they're above the age of consent but in terms of the law, they're still children. When I did this research, and and the first round was a while back, it was in 2013, no one had yet asked young people what they thought about the laws that applied to sexting. One of the things that was really clear to us in our research and really gratifying, I think, is that young people were very clear around the issue of consent. They had absolutely no issue with pictures being shared in a consenting way between people who had agreed for the picture to be taken or had agreed to receive the picture. Um, They saw it as part of a relationship in a sense or a flirtation where they thought sexting definitely wasn't okay was where the picture had been taken without someone's knowledge or shared without someone's knowledge or consent. And I I think that was um, obviously very gratifying for us as researchers to hear, but I think it's the kind of thing that would reassure many adults because Mm. there was a sense when we were doing this research and and maybe among some people still that it's like, oh, all bets are off, like young people have no 
ethical or moral compass around it. It's like, well, the behavior might be different than the teenage behaviors we had in the 90s or the 80s or whenever we were teenagers. But people still have a very clear sense of what's okay and what's not okay based on their kind of broader ethical understandings of consent and respect in relationships. Mm. And it, is it true that it might be seen by some as a little precursor to actual sexual experience and it might seem a little bit safer? Well, the, yeah, this, I mean, we know from research more broadly that actually, uh, you know, rates of sexual intercourse, however you want to define that, but, in, you know, in the scientific sense, basically haven't increased among young people in, you know, 30 years or something. The frequency of sex between people in their 20s actually has gone down slightly in recent surveys. And I think one of the things that we can extrapolate in relation to image sharing is that it gives people a space to experiment sexually with a potential partner without having to take that into the space of a physical encounter necessarily if they're not sure they're ready for that, but they want to be flirtatious or sexual or playful in some other way. So, yeah, so for some people, it's part of the broader spectrum of, of a sexual relationship. And there has been some research that suggests that the young, young people who are more likely to send sexy pictures are young people who are already in a sexual relationship with the person they're sharing the pictures with it's it's part of the spectrum of their sexual relationship but um but yeah people might also see um sharing a picture as part of you know a step in a flirtation and a way of testing the water if you like with a new partner or a potential partner and if it goes well and if it's received well and it's respected and you know whatever good then maybe you would take it to the next level but in some cases it's just like yeah we chatted for a bit we shared nudes we never got together yeah. <laughs> and that's that's as far as the relationship yeah. Goes. yeah yeah and how do you think the wider community perceive young people engaging in sexting like parents and schools and educators and law enforcement and all that those community elements I think it's hard for adults sometimes to connect with digital practices because we didn't have phones and it wasn't something we were doing when we were younger. Sometimes I will be frank. I think there's hypocrisy in the picture. There's a bit of selective memory um, and a bit of belief that nothing like that ever happened when we were kids, when I can tell you I'm 53. I've seen some stuff. I recall the eighties pretty vividly. Um, people were having sex and doing terrible things behind their parents' back at parties in the eighties. It was not invented because of Instagram, but it wasn't filmed. <laughs> it wasn't filmed. And that's the thing too. So there's also a sense, I think it makes some adults anxious because there's a sense it, it is associated with, taking pictures of sex is associated with sex work and porn and there's stigma around that. So the notion that a quote unquote nice young person would be taking a pornographic picture pushes buttons for a lot of adults because it's a sense of, oh, 
my kid wouldn't do that or that's not something I ever thought about in relation to my kid. And I think sometimes people are concerned about that. Sometimes people have concerns that are really valid about where the picture might go, who it might be shared with and the potential distress and harm that might be caused to their son or daughter or a kid at their school or, you know, whoever because of that image being shared without consent. And yeah, you know, that's abuse and there's a, there's a, a risk of that. But I think, again, it's important to remember that there's a risk attached to all kinds of sexual relationships and romantic relationships. And, and we do our best to equip young people with the tools to negotiate that and to get help if they need help. And, and in terms of thinking about sexting, it's important to think of it as, okay, well, this is a spectrum of, of not just young people, but adults of all ages now, regular sexual repertoire. It's not universal, it's not ubiquitous, but it's pretty common. And that means we need to treat it in the same way we treat any other common sexual activity and um, think about it in terms of um, harm minimization as opposed to, you know, abstinence which we, we don't adopt in any other area of sexuality anymore because we know it doesn't work. What are the benefits of young people exploring their sexuality online? We know from research that young people whose needs are not well met in sex education really find a lot of support and comfort and community online. So there's a lot of research around the ways that LGBTQ plus young people connect to other young people and begin to understand themselves and their sexuality in the space where they may still be questioning and they may not want to talk to any adult about it or even any other young person that they know face to face, but the, the kind of sense of distance and anonymity, but also community that they can find online can be hugely helpful. Similarly, people who have questions about sexuality that it's hard to ask in sex education or to ask your teacher about. So if I'm attracted to both men and women and I am having a fantasy about having a threesome and that is potentially possible, um, but I don't know what you would do. And they've told me in sex education about condoms but they haven't told me anything about what safe sex is with other women. Can I, you know, how do I find that out? Where do I find that out? It's very confronting to think, oh my, you know, I, I'm, I'm fine with my young person, you know, learning more about sexuality if they go to, you know, I don't know, Encyclopedia Britannica, you know, and read the entry on gender. I'm not so fine if what they do is look at non-binary people's nudes online. And mm. legally speaking, that you know, there might be problems with that. But in terms of human sexual development, the idea that people just would learn about such an embodied and emotional experience as sex through reading a written text, you know, based on science, mm. when that's actually not the way we experience our sexualities at all. Like it, may, it makes perfect sense to me that young people would mm. want to explore that through other mediums, through the visual as well as through text. So young people really need a whole different set of skills as to um, figuring out what's, what safe spaces there are online and what's credible information online and what's accurate information as well. 
Yeah, and, and, and there are spaces too, I would say, and this again is probably challenging to a lot of education, where the definition of accuracy for the young person is not necessarily going to be the definition of accuracy embraced by the teacher or the doctor. And that's okay because the definition of accuracy for the teacher might be, you know, where the H and Y go in the word chlamydia, right? So there's a whole lot of technical issues that do not help the young person whose question is, if I go for a chlamydia test, you know, will they tell my mum? And, and that's, so I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of focus on myths versus facts that help adults sometimes distance from the emotional complexity of sexuality and sexual health and, and sexual identity um, and sexual behavior and certainly sexual relationships. A lot of fond wish that if we just talked about the science and biology enough, everyone would be sorted. Whereas what a lot of young people's digital spaces do really well is focus on the feelings and the emotions and, and the complexity of living in a sexually maturing body mm. or, and a body that's changing. And, and you know, that, that, that's the thing I think is hard. Like we, we, need the, the, we need people to understand the law and we need people to get access to proper health care and, and to mental health care and all those things. But I think as adults we really need to understand the depth of emotional expression and emotional support that is part of young people's sexuality and, and do a much better job of engaging with that because popular culture is doing it really a lot better than quote unquote experts are right now. I think you're right. We do focus on risks somewhat in education and that's what we're asked to talk about frequently. So what are the risks that you see young people in particular face if they're exploring their sexuality online by um, sharing pictures? Yeah, yeah. I think, um, again, there, there, there is a risk of it being shared without consent and, and the young person being humiliated and put in a, in a space where the abuse kind of echoes in an ongoing way because there's never a sense that it's stopped. You know, there's always a sense that, that, oh, the photo was taken down from this space, but I don't know who's got a copy where there's been research on, on young women's, um, and it was young women in this study, but it happens to young men too. Their experience of being subjected to intimate abuse through sharing of pictures it, it, it is that sense that the trauma is going to resurface and resurface and resurface that there's never a physical assault is terrible but it has a beginning and an end whereas a digital assault could come back and come back um, and that that's very distressing for um, people who's who have experienced it that said in the same way that people can um, recover from physical trauma with the right care and the right support people do recover from that and and that and that's why I think I think the next step of what I would say is the re the real risk that I see is that a person who's already experienced this kind of harm could be victim blamed or shamed or told well this wouldn't have happened to you if you hadn't take, taken photos in the first place so it's partly your fault 
or, you know, a parent saying in an offhand way, you know, looking at a news story or something, saying in an offhand way, you know, oh, that stupid girl, what did she expect? Not knowing that their own daughter in the same room as them, hearing them saying that has experienced the same thing and now knows for sure she can never tell them. And I would say the same for teachers and all kinds of <laughs> people who should be safe people to disclose to, but by saying things like that, put, tell, are telling the young person, you can't tell me if anything bad happens to you. So I would say stigma and judgment are really real risks here because again, what we know is that young people who are targeted by perpetrate, like people who are really deliberately seeking to cause harm, and th this could be an older person or it could be a young person their own age, escalate the abuse by, you know, that they solicit a photo that maybe is not very risque. It's a picture of a bra or it has a nipple in it or whatever. And once they've got it, if the young person is trying then to pull away or break the contact or says no to the next request, oh, well, how would, how would it be if I showed this to your mother? What would your friend say if I put this on Facebook? And at that point, the young person is not just a victim of the abuse, but a victim of a kind of escalation and a blackmail um, cycle which um, the uh, eSafety Commission has good information on this around sextortion. If the young person really believes that no one will take their side, if they tell, then how can they get out of that abuse? That's, that's the thing that really worries me. And that's where I think there's a real risk to the young person through adults' lack of openness to hear that they've been sexually experimenting in this way because that sets a young person up for despair mm. because they're not just in this bad situation, but they're in a bad situation where they know that the people they love and trust the most are going to reject them because if, if they ask for help. So how, how would young people, apart from keeping things secret, how would they perceive or manage the benefits or risks of sharing sexual pictures yeah i mean there's, there's entirely standard um kind of daggy security <laughs> um, things that people can do um you know which is you know if you're taking in a, pic a picture in your room for example don't have a poster or you know just have a blank wall behind you don't have anything that identifies the space you're in don't put your face in the same picture as your bits don't uh, have unique jewelry or if you've got a tattoo don't have your tattoos or your piercings in the shot basically crop and de-identify the picture in such a way that even if it is shared it's very hard for anyone to know who is in the picture. It could be anyone, basically. It's, it's like not... So that, in a sense, is, is one way of mitigating um, concerns around sharing where it's like, well, you can say quite openly, how would anyone know that was me? Like, you know, because it's true. Do you think young people worry about their digital reputation or digital footprint they leave behind? And is that a gendered thing? Do girls worry more than boys about um, that? I think adults worry more about girls' digital reputations than boys. I mean, you know, the, there's we still have the double standard of boys will be boys, oh, everyone was young once, bit of a lad, la, 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 versus, you know, if we think about anyone's reputation, 
who's you know who is who is told to worry about her reputation it's a girl boys uh, i know from my research with young people that boys have more ways of deflecting the embarrassment from a nude being shared than girls do so boys can go oh haha it was a dare you know give give the picture a hundred likes and i'll do a nudie run for you lol you know whereas girls don't have that kind of ability to present a nude as a prank or a joke because um, both their adults and their peers take girls' bodies super seriously, right? <laughs> you know, is it a good body or is it a bad body? That's, that's the distinctions that people have around girls' bodies. Is it too much or not enough? Even when we're talking about bodies with their really young kids and just introducing words for body parts, you'll see that people generally think boys' body parts are funny yeah. And girls' body parts are really, really secret. Yes. And, uh, young kids have trouble just sitting with a, a drawing outlining female genitals and things like that. So I think that starts really early. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's done, I think, for protective reasons often with girls. You know, the impulse is for safety, but, but it has this double level of there's really nothing a girl can do with her body that's not sexual. And, it, you know, it's, it has all kinds of impacts in spaces where you, you wouldn't think it, it related to sexuality. So, you know, it's why so many young women don't want to play sport because they feel like their bodies are being judged in their sports clothes and they don't want to, they don't want to show them on the sports mm. field, you know. So what should young people be told about online sexual safety and sharing pictures? Um, I think the first thing they should be told is that it's normal and ordinary to be sexual and not, uh, you know, and I, I wouldn't use these lang this language with a young person because I can just see their eyes rolling, but like that it's developmentally appropriate to be interested in what other people's bodies are like and to want them to be interested in your body. Like, you know, what is adolescence? Like what, what the hell is puberty, you know, other than interest in your body and other people's bodies? Like, you know, that the, the conversation should be as much about relationships as anything else and understanding that, even if it's not a happily ever after um, relationship, you know, the person, even if they're a random on the internet that you just met who you're swapping nudes with, they still deserve consent and respect for the context of this nude swap. They've sent it to you, not all your mates. It's really important when talking to young people about digital intimacy more broadly that boys are part of the conversation, not just girls, that it's, it's not just a concern about protecting young women, which is really important, um, obviously, but a, a talk about relationships and, and that respect in a relationship doesn't mean never wanting to be sexual, that, but, but being respectfully sexual means caring about what your partner wants and needs and that's as important in the digital elements of a relationship as it is in the physical elements of a relationship. If you haven't outright asked them, can I show this to 300 of my mates or stick it on an internet forum and received enthusiastic consent in the affirmative, then dude, assume it's not okay. <laughs> you know, I think that that's the messaging that I would, 
I would be giving out. Right. And similarly, we'll write you know, that up. We'll work on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Similarly, in in friendships too, I think there are cases where you know people have a nude from a change room, for example, um, that wasn't taken in any kind of sexy context, um, but they have it. And then there's a fight in the group or a falling out and the picture is shared as kind of revenge or payback. I think people need to, young people thinking about that need to understand that that's a form of sexual assault. Yeah, so, so that's, that's another part because I think often people assume that sharing of nudes only happens in um, the context of sexual relationships, but it can also happen in the context of bullying. In your research, Young People and Sexting Australia, one recommendation you make as part of the report is that educational strategies that address sexting distinguish between non-consensual production and distribution of sexting images and consensual image sharing. So why is consent so important in the education around sharing sexual pictures? Partly it is for the same reason that consent is important in any other kind of sexual consideration. We, we distinguish when we're talking with young people about the difference between sexual assault and a consensual sexual relationship. And we understand that a kiss, you know, can be really unwanted and can be experienced as abusive, even though it's not full penetration, it's still assault and it could still be incredibly distressing and in the same in the same way I think when adults are, are thinking about picture sharing and talking about picture sharing with young people it's really important to tease out those same distinctions you know it's it's just just because a kiss is considered you know a not so full-on part of a sexual encounter it doesn't mean you can go around the room randomly kissing anyone who doesn't want to be kissed or asking people for a kiss when you just you know hi how are you give me a kiss like you know and in the same way you're not going to it's not okay to go hey hi send nudes you know like it, it's that same thing it's it's about um thinking holistically about the digital relationships in the same way you would think about a physical relationship and understanding that that all kinds of human communication and interaction require consent. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kat, for talking me through all that. That was really interesting. Yeah, no worries. And really good um, to match that up against that discussion of what the law says, because I think how young people think about sexting and what we teach them about sexting and the law don't all match up. No. So a, a, a nuanced discussion and being open to that discussion is really, really important. Yeah. And, and the same way, like, you know, um, just because the age of consent is 16, we don't say, oh, well, we can't talk about sex with under 15-year-olds because it's not legal for them to do it yet, you know, and the same way. Like, people are really scared, oh, I can't talk about sexting with young people because that's illegal. It's like, well it won't be illegal in three years time and maybe they're not doing it now. So. Mm. And maybe even they think it's a bit safer to. Yeah, that's right. And, and it feels a lot As safer, opposed to yeah. an actual physical contact. Yeah. And in lots of cases it is in, in most cases where there has been research about image sharing in relationships, in most cases, the picture never goes beyond the person it was intended to. 
it may be the case that any picture that is shared potentially could be shared, but sometimes people take that to mean every picture that is shared then is consensually, you know, mm. is sorry, is non-consensually shared forward. And that's not the case and that it shouldn't be con confused. Mm. In most cases, young people do not spread the picture to all mm. their friends. But and there are enough cases where they do that <laughs> it's a problem. Yeah. It makes the education not credible if you say every picture is going to be shared. Yeah. So, and you should expect that picture to be shared because it always is. Yeah. And if young people know that's not true, then anything else you say after that isn't credible. If, it, if it's less shameful and much more acknowledged that it's not a thing that everyone has to do, but it's a thing that some people want to do and that's okay, like any other form of sexual encounter, you know, then it's much easier for young people to work out what they want to do and what they don't want to do and also to get the support they need if they need it. Again, thank you so much to Dr. Kath Aubrey for talking me through all that information. I'm just going to list a few really key things that stood out for me while we were talking. It's difficult for adults to connect to sexual practices which were not available to them when they were growing up. Young people may be very accepting of the idea that sharing sexual pictures is a usual part of a sexual relationship. Understanding consent when it comes to any sexual practice, including sharing sexual pictures, is important. You can find out more information about Professor Kath Aubrey on the Swinburne University website. Relevant research papers are Young People and Sexting in Australia, Ethics, Representation and the Law, and Safety, Risk and Wellbeing on Dating Apps. Also have a look at information from the eSafety Commissioner on sexting and sextortion. And for more information about Family Planning Victoria, you can go to fpv.org.au. Follow FPV on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. Contact me directly at doingit at fpv.org.au. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out. This is our last podcast for the year. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'll be back next year. Thanks very much.